up, guys? It's your boy, Paul, a.k.a. Mr. What The Footy, your favourite podcast host. Just want to say a big thank you to all of my avid super listeners. Couldn't be doing the pod without you guys. For this episode, I sat down with sports media guru and Rangers fan Adam Lovett to speak about Scottish football. Um, me personally, I believe that the Old Firm Derby is the biggest derby in world football. Yes, you heard me, world football. And this is coming from an Arsenal fan who loves the North London Derby, by the way. Um, yeah, I just thought it would be great to really speak about Scottish football. Some of the most exciting Premier League ballers like Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson and Virgil van Dijk have come out of, of the Scottish Premier League. So, yeah, I just thought it would be good to deep dive into, into Scottish football because everyone pretty much really banters it. So, um, yeah, just thought it would be great to discuss that with Adam. Hope you guys love this episode. Not like it, I hope you love it. So download, subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? Knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school, now supporting Arsenal. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. Let's just win this to appease the fan. Welcome to the What The Footy podcast, the podcast takes football fans behind the scenes. Today, I'm joined by Adam Lover. Adam is a Rangers fan and a leading sports media guru, ex-IMG, ex-Dazone, ex-Dugout, ex-Otro. Adam, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's worrying that I seem to be ex but yeah he's currently running his own legal consultancy now so i'm sure um a lot of those guys will definitely be calling him up but um but yeah we've obviously added a new segment to the podcast um called what the foot are you lying for why lying for so let me know uh, your two truths one lie please hey so here we go let's let's go uh, I was a contestant on Sports Mastermind 2008 with the history of the Scottish Premier League as my specialist subject. Sports Mastermind. I, I was a trialist for Rangers Under 16s as a goalkeeper back in the 90s. The goalkeeper. I don't know, I don't know. You, you can't see on a podcast if I'm tall enough to be a goalkeeper or not. Yeah, I can't, I can't see you from there, can I? Um... Uh, and, and my English team that I support, well, you can't really support two teams, but the English team that I support is Sheffield United. And it's Sheffield United because when I was growing up, they had a goalkeeper called Alan Kelly, who was my favourite goalkeeper other than Andy Gorham. Um... So there's two ones in there for you, Paul. So I've thrown you a little bit. Yes, it's it's a it's a it's a hard one. Um, I see from your Twitter the way you tweet about Scottish football that the sports mastermind thing. I think that's that's believable. Um, so I'll go with that as a truth. Um, try list at Rangers. 
What age was that, by the way? Are you allowed to reveal the age? Under 16. Under 16. Yeah, every, everyone's quite short when they're under 16. Sheffield United. I think the fact that you mentioned Sheffield United is so random as well. It's so random. So I'm going to say... Oh, I need to trust my instincts better on this because every time I don't trust my instincts, I always get it wrong. My instinct is telling me somehow you're a trialist. I'm going to go with that as a truth and the Sheffield United one is a lie. But obviously we'll reveal the answers towards the end and I might, I might for the first time ever change my mind. But... Um, you know, it's changed because you, you can see me as we record this, so you're not allowed to change because you can tell from facial, but you've given your answer. Yeah, no, okay, okay. So, so my final answer before we move on is, okay, I believe the Sheffield United one. The lie is you were a trialist goalkeeper at Rangers and you... So you've changed, changed your mind. my mind, yeah. But this is my final answer before we move oh. on, yeah. Yeah, that's my final answer. But yes, Adam, I thought it would obviously great to, to bring you on here um seeing i think especially i've got quite a few listeners who are who are fans of scottish football and i think in the last couple of years we've seen a lot of scottish uh, players who played over in scotland sorry like kieran tierney andy robinson virgil van dyke someone who i i watched quite a lot when i worked at southampton come over to the premier league here and scottish football is lambasted is seen as like a farmer's league no one really respects respects the league and i thought it'd be good to get some insights from you not only from the quality of the league and the branding of the league but also in terms of how the league can actually really improve because celtic and rangers are two very very big globally renowned clubs within uh, that league so my first sort of question for you is, is is really what's your sort of assessment of the quality of of the scottish pre premiership and how this almost in my opinion declined over over the last sort of 10 to 15, 20 years? So, uh, so obviously this is quite an apt conversation in light of what Jamie O'Hara said in talks mm. uh, earlier this week. And I think he said that Gerrard said leave Rangers and go to Bournemouth. And then there's been a debate of whether Bournemouth are a bigger club than mm. Rangers. Um, I, think, I think you make a good point that quite a few players in the Premier League now have played in Scotland first, whether they be Scottish or not. If you actually look at traditional top six or big six, uh, United with McTominay, Scottish player. Appreciate never played for Scotland, but he's still Scottish. Mm. Gilmer at Chelsea is a good youngster that came through the Rangers Youth Academy. Tierney, you've mentioned, came through mm. Celtic. Robertson started Celtic, went to Queen's Park, under United, Hull, then Liverpool. So there are good Scottish players at the top level. You look at the likes of Ryan Fraser, John McGinn. There's a lot of good players. And I think there's been an unfair negativity towards the Scottish League from a lot of clubs over the last 10 years or so. I think they've looked at it as a two-horse race, which, to be fair, every league in Europe is a limited horse race. Juventus have won how many titles in a row in Italy? Uh, in England, I appreciate Leicester were a bit of an outlier, but it's always one of a number of clubs that win the league. I appreciate Liverpool won it the first time in 30 years, but it's still always been mm. So it's not uncommon for it to be a league dominated by only two teams. Look at Spain, there's been two, maybe Atletico come in one or two years. But I think there's just an unfair negativity. I think there's a lot of good players. I'm amazed that clubs don't do more scouting in Scotland. I can reel off a list of 10 players that could easily play in the Premier League and if not the Premier League, the top end of the Championship. I think there's a lot and they're very cheap and I don't understand why the risk is not taken by English teams to go for these players. It's much easier to integrate a Scottish-based player 
than someone from Eastern Europe who might not speak English, for instance. It's a huge advantage to people mm. in Scotland watch the English league, so they know exactly how the team play. They'd be able to communicate with their teammates very easily. So there's a lot of plus points. Uh, I think that one thing that's been interesting in Scottish football in the last 10 years is obviously Rangers went down to the bottom league because of financial problems. Yeah. But a lot of teams out with Celtic and Rangers won trophies from, say, 2012 to 2018. Yes, Celtic have won nine trophies in a row, three trebles yeah. in the last three seasons and are on for a four treble if they win the delayed Scottish Cup uh, this coming year. And I, I get that. But you look at it, St Johnston won a trophy, Dundee United won a trophy, Aberdeen won a trophy, Inverness won a trophy, Ross County won a trophy. So there's a lot of teams who you wouldn't necessarily expect to have won trophies, have actually won trophies in the last 10 years. And listen, it's not perfect Scottish football, but I think it's given a very, very unfair yeah. reputation as a farmer's league, as, as you put it a few minutes ago. Yeah, and I think just touching on a few of the things that you mentioned, I think I, I read a foot statistician um, recently this week talk about um, the sort of stats comparing the Scottish League to other leagues in terms of the number of direct passes, long balls, heading. I think it's, I think it's almost paradoxical because to, on one you're almost seeing um, these stats saying, that, oh, okay, the Scottish League is a long ball league. They head the ball a lot, the ball's in the air all the time. Then you're seeing quality players like Virgil van Dijk. He was almost made in that league coming over here. Andy Robertson, Kieran Tierney. Like, they're good players they're like Ryan Kent for instance I think is a very very good young player and it's a case whereby how do you almost judge judge that league based on what people are saying on one side versus their players coming over here and winning titles and winning trophies I, I, think, I think another point to think about is that if you look at the number of players that have been on loan in Scotland mm. who have then gone to England and done well I mean the one that strikes me is uh, Madison at Leicester he went on loan to Aberdeen for half a season and, he, and, and you read what he says about it and he says that made him a footballer because it hardened him up it toughened mm. it up I mean Scottish football is pure in the respect that we don't have VAR uh, a lot more goes a lot more physical the fans are a lot more involved as well yeah there's this perception when you watch Scottish football the stadiums are empty well that's true it's because the stadiums are too big it's not a reflection of the number of supporters it's, certain mm. it's an historic thing that stadiums had to be a certain size in order for teams to play in the Premier League that rule doesn't exist anymore. But if you actually look at it, more people go to football matches in Scotland for the size of population than anywhere else in Europe. So actually the biggest problem Scottish football faces just now through coronavirus is the fact that fans cannot go to the stadiums because that's how clubs make most of their money. Mm. Uh, but some, some of the attendances some of these clubs get are phenomenal. The Aberdeen get about 15,000 average hearts and Hibs about the same. Dundee United in the Premier League this year will get about eight, 9,000. I mean, these are pretty big crowds for a country of 5 million population. Mm. I mean, Bournemouth's capacity, I looked at it this week because of the Jamie O'Hara stuff. Their capacity, I think, is about 15,000, 16,000 yeah, in the Premier League team yeah, for many yeah. years. No, no, one, no one says, well, they shouldn't be in the Premier League because they've got a small stadium. Mm. But actually, I don't It's just, it's a very unfair negativity. It's almost, I think there's almost an element, I wouldn't say jealousy, is it? It doesn't sound right to say that people in England are jealous of Scottish football, but I think there is a hankering back to the olden day of English football. And Scottish football gives that, but there's a reluctance in England to accept that there is a place for the Premier League and the Scottish Premiership. I mean, Sky's viewing figures for the weekend just gone for the Scottish games were pretty good. I think over 500,000 was the average for Rangers Aberdeen, about 350 for Celtic against 
Hamilton and I think even Monday night Ross County Huddle got six figures, uh, kind of 100,000 plus in terms of number of people watching it. So there is an appetite for it. Uh, and I think if people were to sit there and watch Scottish football, and it's hard when there's no one in the stadiums just now to watch any yeah. football, but when you've got a passionate crowd, it's brilliant. It's, good. it's it's much, much, much more authentic and and like what football used to be like. So when I had my trial for Rangers under 16s back in the day, Paul, yeah. that, that was authentic football. Yeah, oh, and, my days. And, and that is what Scottish football is, it's authentic. Yeah. Do you know what is, I think, just going back to the point that you mentioned of a lot of leagues being one-horse races, like, for instance, Germany, uh, Italy, France as well. I think, I think a really good point there, and I think with Germany, I think... Their league was obviously like Bayern Munich had been dominating, dominating it for a very, very long time. And I think what's almost made that league more exciting is the fact that there's really, really young, exciting young players playing there to almost add that appeal. To someone like me, I only watch the Bundesliga because I like to watch to see how Sancho is getting on and other exciting players like Havertz and, and Timo uh, Werner, who's obviously now moved to Chelsea. Do, do you think that when a league is, is like the Scottish Premier League, of course, a little bit different to the Premier League, maybe where you have three or so teams going for it. Do you, do you believe it needs to almost become more of like a players league whereby you, you, you simply follow it because of, of a of certain number of players playing there or having an appeal like it used to be before? Hey, yeah, I think that for instance, we were saying uh, Rufi yesterday who used to be at Leeds. I think a lot of people will now watch Rangers games because mm-hmm. of him. I think absolutely. There's certain players that you look at. Edward at Celtic's a fantastic yeah, footballer. So I think there's an element of you will watch Celtic to see how good a player he is. Uh, I don't agree with something you just said, though. You just said that in England, three or more teams going to the league. I, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And this seems to be overlooked. I cannot remember a season where there have been three or more teams competing for the title in the last four, six, eight weeks of the season. It's always yeah. two or one. It's never three. Yeah. And there's this, there's this idea that, oh, it's really competitive. One or two teams yeah. compete for the title every year. You never get a situation where there's three, four, five going for it into April or May. It doesn't happen. I agree. Do you know what is, I, but is this misconception that yeah, it does? Do you know is, it doesn't. Do you know is, I, agree with you to, I agree with you to a degree because back when I did season one, I mentioned how there's been a decline in the quality of the Premier League. You look at the last couple of seasons when City won it last season, the year before that, Chelsea won it. The league was over and done with by Christmas. Um, they went on 17, 18 game this runs. Year well. yeah. Yeah, this, this year as well. But I think I think the thing that holds the Premier League and gives it weight is the history behind those teams. So like, I'm an Arsenal fan. Like The way they build an Arsenal versus Man United game is as if it's this big, massive game when really it's just two fallen giants. Um, but but I think so. So on the history point, on the history point, so, so Scottish football is much 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 better for history. Than you want to talk about? <laughs> you think so? But you, you look at it right. So Dundee United were in a UEFA Cup final in the eighties. Aberdeen won the Cup Winners mm. Cup in the eighties. We uh, also know about Rangers and Celtic. But Kilmarnock were a big European force in the nineteen sixties. Dundee were big in Europe. Hearts, Hibs, they've all good big European runs. And when you talk about history between clubs, Aberdeen Rangers as a rivalry is up there with the biggest in Britain. Obviously, the old firms are number yeah. one, in my view. And I don't, I, I don't see any comparison. Liverpool against Man United does not compare to Rangers Celtic because of all the history that goes to Rangers Celtic. Yeah. You look at Aberdeen against Rangers, you look at Hearts against Celtic, you look at Hearts against Hibs. These are really, really big rivalries. Yeah. I mean, Dundee United Aberdeen doesn't sound to people in England like a big rivalry, but you will get a sold out Tannadice when Dundee United are at home. 12, 13,000. 
and you'll get 17,000, 18,000 at Pataudry when Aberdeen were home in that game. Because of the history these clubs had in the 80s when Ferguson was in charge of Aberdeen, Jim McLean was in charge of United and they were winning trophies and they were challenging Europe. So the history, because football didn't exist before 1990, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. history does exist in Scotland and people, people in Scotland know it does, but people in England should know it does because the number of players that actually moved from Scotland to England back in the 70s and 80s was huge. Mm. The number of managers that did it as well, Ferguson being the case in point. Hey, how can we how can we bring those how can we bring those glory days back obviously because obviously in the sort of the late 90s early 2000s we saw great iconic players like Henrik Larsson Giovanni Van Bronckhorst coming over to the Scottish game Loudrip as well how can we almost bring back those those sorts of glory days hey, I think there needs to be more money invested in the game I think that they've got a very good TV deal with Sky for the next five years so Sky are going to be the exclusive broadcast partners. I thought BT were very, very good when they did Scottish mm. football uh, before, but they're no longer doing it. But Sky are doing it and they're very good. Uh, I think that the people that run the Scottish Premier League or Scottish Professional Football League aren't very good. We don't have a title sponsor for the league this mm. season, which is embarrassing. I don't understand when they had 11 months to find a title sponsor. I don't understand why one could not have been found and put in place before coronavirus struck. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand why you wouldn't just go to a company and say for one year we want you to pay a six-figure sum because it's better to have six figures coming to Scottish to give more yeah. money to clubs than yeah. nothing. So I think you need better commercial media awareness. I think you need to make it, the social media channels need to be better. I think the YouTube channel is very good for the Scottish Premier Scottish Professional Football League now as well. The YouTube channel is very good, but the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, they need to be better. And I think there needs to be, well, I think there's an opportunity for Scottish football in August because there's no other domestic football taking place. Mm. Yeah, there's a Champions League in Europe League, but it's not a domestic football. So they need to take advantage of it. And let's see what happens. A bit more money in the game needs to happen. That's number one. And I think Scotland as a national team need to qualify for a major yeah. championships because that would put 23 Scottish players in the shop window, so to speak. Yeah. Half of them might play in England, but half would play in Scotland. So people in England would see McGregor and Forrest at Celtic, for instance, who are very, very good players. And would realise that they are good enough to play in the English league and actually that we do have some good quality in Scotland. What's the, what's the sort of attitude towards foreign investment coming into, into Scottish Premier League clubs? For some clubs it's not worked for others, never worked for hearts. Yeah. Ten years ago, they've been in administration as well when they did Lithuanian owner. Uh, just American chairman who have really good ideas about how to monetize what the clubs can offer. Obviously, coronavirus has hit that as well. But I think there's a general view that if the individuals have the club at heart, then it's a good thing. So I think the Aberdeen owner is American, I think he's a Scott expat in America, but he's a kind of Aberdeen lifelong fan. Uh, so there's no kind of negativity towards him. So I think there's a mix. I think most people welcome it, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of people who like club ownership, yeah. fan ownership, which Hearts will become in the next couple of years. St. Martin have got a huge club ownership element of their shareholding, same with Motherwell. So it's a mix. I think it depends on the attention, the, the intention of the, the foreign investors. Uh, I think same in England, to be honest. Yeah. The dream would be that every single football club was owned by the fans, but that's not realistic. Yeah. So you then have to look at it and say, if someone has enough money to develop your club, 
both in terms of potentially winning trophies and putting young players from Scotland. If you're a Hearts fan from Edinburgh, if you're an Aberdeen fan from Aberdeen, putting them in the lineup, then that's a good thing. Yeah, and just sort of in terms of like ranges, are you, are you sort of happy with the sort of progress, obviously, coming from ad- administration, the points deduction, navigating through, through obviously getting back to where you guys belong and should be? Do you think it's taken slower than than, than it should have? Because in, in my personal opinion, I think a club of the size and the stature of, of someone like Rangers should definitely be at a stage now where they, where they can compete and push push further. No Rangers or Celtic fan is ever happy, even if they win every trophy. Mm. Uh, no Rangers or Celtic fan is ever happy. This is the most important season that I can remember as a Rangers fan for probably 20 years because Celtic in the 1960s and Rangers in the 1990s both won nine Premier Division titles in a row. Celtic are on nine and are going for 10 this season. Rangers need to stop that. If Rangers don't stop that, Gerard will lose his job. Fairly as well, because he will have three seasons and he wouldn't have won the league in that three-year period. He could win both cups this season. If he doesn't win the league, I mean, that's not enough. He should be sacked. I like him, but that's a simple reality yeah. of it. I, I think if Celtic don't win 10 in a row and Rangers win the league, I think Lennon will get sacked. Because Celtic fans will look at it and say, what a missed opportunity. That's how brutal it is. A, should Rangers be winning trophies by now? Absolutely. A, in the League Cup final in December, we outplayed Celtic and they won the game, which is what the record book so shows that they won it and we didn't and it doesn't matter how well you played uh, so I think we should have won trophies and I think this season we I was happily losing the first round of the Scottish Cup the first round of the League Cup and the first round that we played them get knocked out of Europe both last season's Europa League competition which is against Bayer Leverkusen tomorrow and next season's Europa League com- uh, competition which starts in about two weeks I'd happily lose in the first round of all these competitions that have been winning the league mm-hmm. Because that has to be what Rangers do this season. But that is beyond doubt the most important thing. We should have won a trophy by now, but this season the league is the most important thing. No, definitely. And I think just going back to the points you mentioned, we, uh, we sort of mentioned on commercialisation and, and things of, of, of that sort of nature. In terms of the old firm derby, because of like we know how big, big and huge the appeal of Celtic and Rangers are, there's talks of... <laughs> Gerard should go to Bournemouth, but Rangers are a much far bigger club than than Bournemouth. What would be your? It's not even a debate. Yeah, it's not even a debate. I don't understand why people say that it's, it infuriates me because it's it's rubbish. There's about four or five Premier League teams that are bigger than England, the bigger than Rangers. But the idea that a Championship team who have punched above their weight for numerous years is bigger than Rangers or Celtic is absolute nonsense. I would say there's teams in Scotland outside the Rangers and Celtic who are bigger than Bournemouth. An utter nonsense. You know, is I think everyone's just clouded by this this wave that we live in within the Premier League of all the money that's thrown at all these clubs. Like Huddersfield got relegated last season with ninety million pounds from the TV broadcast deals. So people almost see Bournemouth and they think, okay, they've got good players there, like like David Brooks and Callum Wilson, and they'll probably be a bit, a bit more of an exciting team. And Rangers are probably living in the past of the past glories. But that's not the case. But that's but that is total and utter ignorance because people don't look at the Rangers squad and realise that actually we have players in that squad that play for Croatia. I think we have two Croatian internationals in our squad. I think for recollection, Croatia beat England in the last World Cup to reach the final. So I find it astonishing that there is this sort of ignorance towards Scottish football. And and you look at guys that Dembele, who was at Celtic until a couple of years ago, is going to move probably to England this summer. He's a fantastic yeah, player. player yeah. Eduardo already. 
Uh, Robertson's or Tierney. Yeah, two. I mean, they were both walking to the England team at left mm. back. Tierney for me is now my uh, favourite player at Arsenal. He's going to be Arsenal captain. Yeah. And, and, and actually, you could play Tierney at left centre half. Yeah. Robertson at left back, and you've suddenly got an Arsenal and Liverpool left side of the Scotland national team defence. But there's this ignorance towards it, and it, it drives me mad, Paul. I've no idea what your question was, but you've got me around. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. I was going to say that. What would be your sort of thoughts if they were to commercialise maybe the old firm Derby and maybe take that somewhere else within the world and sort of make more money out of that? Because we've seen obviously no, La Liga take, take the Super League out absolutely there. Absolutely not. So, obviously, I know it's passionate no, to, not, to, 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 to fans like yourself, but in terms of obviously how globally renowned these two clubs are, what, what would be your attitude? If, if it could bring more money to Scottish football, would you, would you be in favour of it? No. I, I, Rangers made a mistake, in my opinion, about two years ago in terms of they reduced the number of tickets that Celtic got at Ibrox. And Celtic, in turn, said well, Rangers are getting less tickets at Parkhead. That reduced a bit of the spectacle. So now, as opposed to 40,000 Rangers fans and 10,000 Celtic fans at Ibrox, it's now 48,2. And at Parkhead, as opposed to it being 50 and 10, it's like 56 and 4. And that is not right. Mm. It's ruined the spectacle. But you still have the passion. The idea of taking the old firm game to America or Australia is. No, do it a friendly where nobody cares, but do not do it for one of the four yeah. uh, league matches. I wouldn't do that. What I do think Rangers should have done uh, when they were moved to the bottom division about seven, eight years ago is they should have tried to join the league then. Yeah. I think we should have gone to the National League or whatever it may well have been and said, right, here we are, we want to start building our way up. And I think that that was a missed opportunity. And there's obviously been a lot of kind of discussion in Scotland this summer about Hearts and Partick this one getting unfairly relegated yeah. because of the points per game decision. Yeah, yeah. If I were Hearts, having been totally shafted by the Scottish authorities, if I was Hearts, I would go to the English National League and say, listen, we want to join and see what happens. Because actually, Hearts are a big enough club, in my opinion, that they could probably survive in the English Championship or League One. I don't think they're a Premier League team, but they get 17, 18,000 every week at Tyne Castle, bigger club than Bournemouth. They play in Edinburgh. Why don't they even join England? I, I I think that if I was Hearts, I would do it. And if I was in charge of Rangers, I would have done it a few years ago. Yeah. And I don't see why not. Because cross-border football is going to happen. It's already happening with uh, kind of lower league competitions. The Scottish Challenge Cup now has teams from the National League and teams from Ireland and Wales in it. So I think it's a matter of time before there is some form of European league. Yeah. I hope it doesn't end the old farm games. And I hope it doesn't ruin Scottish football. I don't think it would. I think that you'd like to think it'd be a compliment to each other. But I do think that there needs to be change, but I would not change the four old firm games that taking place in Glasgow. Absolutely not. Yeah, so usually I like to end with the last question of what the footy would you like to see change within your space? But I think my question to you is, what what do you see as the future of Scottish football? And do you feel like Celtic and Rangers need to walk away and come and join the big boys and play with the elite in the English game? Uh, do I think Rangers and Celtic should, should walk away? I think Rangers should have done. And I think Hearts should now, but I don't think Rangers and Celtic together will join England or probably should do it at this point in time. Mm. Um, and Scottish football, Scottish football's fine as it is. Mm. It doesn't need to change, really. It's fine. We need sponsorship, we need more money, the usual. But actually, if we have two teams going for the title and it's competitive every year, and we have three or four teams going for Europe and it's competitive every year, and we have three or four teams fighting against relegation and it's competitive every year. That's fine. That's fine. And we've got three leagues under the Premier League, which are all 
very competitive with pretty big teams in there. I mean, you've got Hearts in the Championship this year, you've got Falkirk in League One. You've got big clubs in the lower leagues. I, the Scottish football need fixing. I think it needs changes. I wouldn't say it needs fixing. Mm. Um, but I think there's there's opportunities out there. I mean, if I can very briefly touch on kind of companies where I've worked before. If you look at Dugout, for instance, Dugout shows behind the scenes clips from football clubs. I know Rangers are on the platform. I know the SPFL are on that platform. Uh, but that's the sort of thing that Rangers and Celtic should be doing. They should be, and other clubs as well, Harps are on uh, Dugout as well. You, you, they should be tapping into a market that they don't otherwise have access mm-hmm. to. And they should be in a position whereby people in America or Iran or Poland or Germany can watch behind the scenes clips from Harps or the SPFL or Rangers that wouldn't otherwise have seen. So there are opportunities to make money and to move into new markets. But that's the clubs from a commercial perspective. In terms of the actual playing football, I wouldn't change very much. No, definitely. And and, and I think I definitely agree with some of the stuff that you mentioned there in terms of commercialising the league more. And I I do agree that if there is a little bit of a race, for instance, like Serie A this season, we saw Inter Milan and and Lazio potentially pushing Juve for the title. They were never ever going to win the title, but it it almost made for an exciting end and and a little bit of a race. And I definitely think Scotland going on a little run within the Euros or anything of the sort can can definitely put Scottish players on the map and show that that there are good players there. Undoubtedly, and I think I think there's stories within Scottish football that people don't know. I mean, Gerard is one of the best players in the world. He's a manager of Rangers. That's that is a story in itself. There's a lot of discussion, and you and I talked about this before, in terms of Black Lives Matter. Kilmarnock, who finished third just 18 months ago, have got Alex Dyer in charge, who's a black manager now. There's a lot of talk about how black managers don't get a chance in England. One of Scotland's biggest clubs has a black manager in charge who has been in the lower leagues in English football. That's something that should be shouted from the rooftops mm. and said, you know what, look how encompassing Scottish football actually is for the fact that Alex Dyer's in charge of Kamara. And I, it's little things like that. I think that it's important to show that Scottish football is a much more broad and wider open church than people believe it is. No, definitely. But it's now come to the time to reveal your answers to what the foot are you lying for? And I, I can't remember what your answer was. Did you change that, I think? Yeah, so I said um, the Sports Mastermind um, 2008 is correct. And then I initially um, doubted the goalkeeper, but then I changed it, remember? I changed it. And then I said the, the light. So which one's the lie? What's the lie? What's the lie? The is the Sheffield Sheffield United one. It's just so random. That's your final That's answer. My final answer. I think you've changed twice during the course of this podcast. Because I think your final answer before was the Rangers one. If you're saying Sheffield United is a lie, then I'm afraid you are. Oh my goodness! Oh my. So I, I was in Sports Mastermind in 2008. I got 17 out of 18 in the history of the Scottish That's Premier League. So you're correct on that. Yeah. I never had a try with Rangers under 16 because I was a goalkeeper, but I was never good enough. But I love being a goalkeeper, and Alan Kelly was my favourite goalkeeper, other than Andy Gorham, that reason. Sheffield United are my English team. So I've lost, I've lost again this week. But yeah, Adam, pleasure having you on, on the podcast this week to deep dive into Scottish football. Lots of ranting from yourself. Uh, is Bournemouth a bigger club than Rangers? Guys, I'm going to leave it to you. To, on social media to get in touch via Instagram and let me know your thoughts. It's been a pleasure deep diving uh, into your world as well, Adam. Guys, if you love today's episode, download, subscribe, rate and review and tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's go. What the footy? What the footy? What the footy? What the footy?
knew some other guys liked me, but I didn't know it was to that Imagine extent. Imagine being a kid in primary school, now it's important. Powerful people, and I think they need to recognise that, but then also they need to be represented the right way. Sport in general is nothing without fans. Uh, based on you know, one single source of revenue alone, that being the TV. Yeah, so Let's just win this to appease the fans. Minute Maid's slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just 2 bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. Minute Maid slushies are back at McDonald's. And if you'd like to thank me for that information, I'll gladly take a slushie. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now, treat yourself to a small Minute Maid slushie, like the new strawberry watermelon flavor for $1.59. Or try small McCafe frappes and smoothies for just 2 bucks. Price and participation may vary. Limited time only. Minute Maid is a trademark of the Coca-Cola Company.